Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. I want to wish a happy Monday, Victory Monday, I meant to say, to all of the Bucks fans and the Pewter people that are watching this show. Victory Mondays have been quite difficult to come by for the Bucks over the last two months, but... We're in the holiday season, and the Bucs gave a little bit of a small present yesterday with a victory over the Carolina Panthers. So we'll talk more about that game, talk about the press conference we had today with Todd Bowles, and also take a look over the fence just a little bit towards, uh, towards a big-time matchup between uh, the Bucs and the Falcons coming up this weekend. Maybe we'll talk a little bit Florida State as well, because I already see some of the comments, too. <laughs> Uh, with everybody, but I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is the face that runs the place at PeterReport.com, SR Scott Reynolds. Scott, how are we doing on this Monday? And congrats on seeing Kansas State at the Pop-Tart Bowl. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, December 28th in Orlando, right just down the road here from uh, from me and I-4. going to be making the trek uh, in my purple to see my Kansas State Wildcats play um, North Carolina State. It should be a fun game. And I'm a huge Pop-Tart aficionado. And uh, so I'm, I'm excited. It's called the Pop-Tart Bowl. <laughs> Some people have like clowned on the name and it's like, hey, you know, they pay for the rights. And the interesting thing about this is apparently they're going to have a giant edible Pop-Tart mascot. Yeah. And, and the winning team will get to feast on the massive walking Pop-Tart, apparently. So appreciate that, Chris. Uh, Yeemaw, which means every man a Wildcat. That's the WC right there for Wildcats. So. Very cool. Speaking of college football, let's get this out of the way. Uh, Matt, I know you are a, a Florida State fan. Yeah. Um, I root for Florida State because of the late, great Mark Cook, uh, who was uh, a diehard Knowles fan, wore his Seminoles hat often when he wasn't wearing a yeah. Volcom or a Vans hat or, you know, one of his cool surfer hats. Uh, J.P. Peterson, good friend of mine, also a Knowles fan, as are perhaps some of you out there um, in the Peter People land. Um, I'll say this. Out of all of the Florida teams, and I love watching college football live. And, of course, me being a Kansas Stater, I do go up for a game each year. My daughter goes there. So um, I, I enjoy that. At the same time, I've, I've latched on to, to a team in the state of Florida just to go watch college football. And that's that's the UCF Knights. Charge on, Bailey Adams. They're playing at Tampa. The Gasparilla Bowl. Yeah, I'll probably be there. I was at the last Gasparilla Bowl when they beat the Florida Gators, and, and I'm actually undefeated at the Bounce House. Uh, Terry Mahajer, who went to my high school, is actually the athletic director. Uh, small world. <laughs> Having said that, I know that UCF got ridiculed by many a school pundit, person, college football fan, etc., when they claimed the mythical national championship. But I'm saying this right now. If Florida State beats Georgia, I have no problem, no problem at all with Florida State claiming a national championship, no matter what the outcome of the, the playoff game is, because I think that they were robbed of this opportunity. Defense is half of the game, and I understand the whole Jordan Travis broken leg thing, but you can't penalize somebody for breaking their leg. Yeah. And so to me, Matt, and I want to get your thoughts on this, and we'll dive plenty into some Bucks stuff. We have plenty of, of Bucks talk coming up here. But it just, to me, 
if Florida State beats Georgia, and, and I'm, I'm a bit of a closet Georgia fan. My wife Ashley's from Georgia, so I watch a lot of Bulldogs uh, football. Um, if, if they win that game and they, they finish undefeated, you know what? Put it up in the stadium. Put the banner up. Give them rings. You're undefeated. You're a national champion, in my opinion. Yeah, glad glad we got your thoughts on it because uh, myself and Josh Capo had this discussion to kind of begin the Pewter Game Day show yesterday for for the preview. And Josh was more team have like the best games going on, so he was happy with the schedule that they had. I obviously think Florida State should be in, so I'm not going to try to rehash everything I said on yesterday's show. You can check it out on our YouTube channel if, if you want to get that. Uh, the points I'll pretty much make is one, it's clearly the college football playoff committee is showing that it's a money grab. They see Alabama, they see Texas teams yeah. that are very intertwined with ESPN that yep. like comes up with these. And mm-hmm. clearly they're going for the money aspect of it. I think it's absolutely ridiculous and stupid that there's not an undefeated power five team and a conference champion yeah. in the game I agree. Um, because they're basing this off of what they think will happen. What they right. might <laughs> play the games, man. They got burned here with TCU and Georgia. But no one thought TCU was going to beat Michigan and TCU Michigan. The Pac-12 championship game, Washington, who had beaten Oregon previously in the regular season, was a nine-point underdog to a team they had beaten on a site field. And then they beat them outright. So how does anybody know if they thought that Washington was going to lose to Oregon? Bama was a three-point underdog against Georgia. That's right. Georgia outright. So we don't know until you play. That's right. <laughs> Everybody, Herm Edwards, hello, you played to win the game. And now yeah. winning the game isn't enough because Florida State is winning in different ways because they're on the third string quarterback. Right. So they said, all right, we're going to win with defense. And that's what they did. They shut down yeah. Louisville. They got the job done against Florida as well. Florida State was 2-0 and against mm-hmm. the SEC. And uh, the last point I want to make is there's also a – just a stupid and dumb criteria by the college play- football playoff committee yeah. in the first place. Because they want to say, oh, we want to put the best four teams in. Every single resume is different. Like, style points matter, but then they don't matter. Because right now, you could tell me, if you if your logic is we're going to put the best four teams in, you can make an argument that despite losing the band, but that Georgia is still one of that's the right. best four teams. So <laughs> Georgia right. could easily been in it as well. So yeah. if that's not your criteria, well, then you got to go by the records and the standings. And then in that sense, Florida State would be in. Yeah. But we're going off of presumptions, money, and what we think will happen instead of actually letting the players decide it on the field. So yeah. Florida State got absolutely jobbed. And we'll see what's going on in, in the with the Orange Bowl because Florida State Georgia on paper is a great game, but then you yeah. always got to throw in like who's going to play. Will Jared right. first play? You know, Jared first is going to be your first round pick as an edge rusher. I know. There's a guy like that and all the studs on both teams. Yeah. Do they play or do they not? Because hey, we're not playing for a championship, so who cares? So well, see that, that that's what I'm saying. If I'm if I'm Mike Norvell, I'm saying before you make up your mind whether you're playing or not. Here's here's the deal. If we win this game. We will be national champions. I don't give a crap what the committee yeah. says, right? Because if if our neighbor down the road in Orlando, UCF, can put <laughs> national champions in their stadium and dish out the rings and the T-shirts and stuff, then damn it, so can we, right? And so, yeah, I'm all about it. Um, I, and I supported UCF doing that because I thought they kind of got jobbed and, and not having the fair opportunity because they they weren't you know in the Power Five conference. Then they go and they spank Auburn, I think. Um, Carlton Davis was on that team, you know? Yeah. So I'm all about it. I'm all about Florida State claiming a national championship if they beat Georgia. And that would be my selling point to Jared Verse and to those Florida State Seminole seniors about coming back and, and playing in this game because, hey, you you can still have that opportunity. Uh, yeah. We're not going to let some committee steal that from us. Yeah, it's a, it's a really tough situation to be. It absolutely sucks. For uh for Florida State, so yeah, my I I definitely yeah. feel terrible for all the players that you know you know work their ass off week in and week out, and then they go undefeated and yeah. they don't make it. So Florida State in a tough situation. The Bucks not in a great situation, but in a little bit of a nicer situation because they just beat the the Carolina Panthers yes last game. So Scott, let's turn our attention to the other Florida team that we're going to be talking about on today's <laughs> show, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yep. Um. What's the landscape right now for the Bucs? How are we feeling both with how they finished beating the Carolina Panthers and moving forward 
in what I'm flat out calling a playoff game. I asked yeah. Todd Balls about that, whether or not it's a playoff game. This is a playoff game for the Bucs because uh, going yeah. up against the Atlanta Falcons. Because if they win, they're in first place. But if they lose... Yeah, they're just about out of it. Exactly, yeah. because they they would be two games behind the Falcons, but they've lost twice to the Falcons. So they're right. essentially three games behind with what would be five four games, games left. Four, games, four yeah. games to go. This is their fifth game. And more importantly, they would need Atlanta to not just lose down the stretch, but they'd have to lose their remaining games against the Panthers and the Saints. Right? Yeah, I those are divisional the, games. I believe they play the Bears as well. Oh, they play well, the Bears and the Colts. So they, yeah, have, they so. have four games, three of which are on the road. And and they would need they would need the the Falcons to to essentially if not lose out lose three of those games really because the Buccaneers here's the thing the Buccaneers after you play the Falcons you're going to Green Bay and you're going to play a, a red hot Jordan Love and an almost unbeatable Packers team up there at Lambeau and yeah. this, there's no Tom Brady and Scotty Miller this time I mean, there's no Gronk you know it, it, this is legit this is this is a, a different Buccaneer team going up there to Lambeau Field. Um, then you've got the Jacksonville Jaguars here on Christmas Eve. Then you play the New Orleans Saints on New Year's Eve at Tampa. Then you finish on the road at Carolina. So it, this is the make-or-break game. If they don't beat the Falcons, I think it's it's pretty much over. So I, I just don't think that that's going to be the, uh, the, the the case for Tampa Bay. Um, uh, we'll see. I mean – I, they, they needed to win yesterday, Matt, yeah. to have a little bit of confidence and momentum heading into that particular game next week. Um, it, they got the win. It was not a convincing win. It wasn't a, you know, a win that, that you, you feel good about, maybe even like as good as you felt about the Tennessee Titans game a couple weeks ago at Raymond James Stadium. But it's, it's one of those games where you get like, whew, okay, we won. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know if the Buccaneers are going to have enough firepower to, you know, to compete. Looks like Servasier Dennis is going to be back. He was uh, on the sidelines standing next to Todd Bowles and Devin White, um, hopefully not getting sick again after in the rain. <laughs> I didn't think that was too bright uh, to have him on the sidelines when the rain was coming down. But, but Servasier will be back. <clears throat> not sure about Devin. Sounded like Levante David might be coming back. What, what did you know, you know about that, Matt? Yeah, you know what? Let's just, let's just get to the video because uh, Todd Bowles had an update about pretty much all of the inside linebackers. He didn't say anything about Devin White, but everyone else, he, he had a comment for. Sends or updates on, uh, you know, where some of the guys that missed the game might be by next Sunday. Uh, hopefully, Levante will be close, so we'll see if he makes progress this week. So that'll be a big plus for us. Rest of them we gotta see about. Savatier probably he should be fine too. What about KJ? Did he have to have like an MRI or anything on his back? He's or? getting it done now. All right, so Savatier Dennis, it at least sounds like a lock that he's going yeah. to be back uh, next week. They hope, in quotations, for Levante David, and I think that's the most important one. I don't want to sound like a jerk. I don't really care if Devin White plays yeah, for the rest I don't of the season. I really don't care. He's not yeah. going to be back. He hasn't really helped the team. He hasn't been an impactful player. We know Levante David is right. an impactful player. He's a tackling machine yeah. on this team. And, you know, clearly it's never ideal to go into a game where you only have two dressed inside linebackers yeah. and then one gets hurt seven plays into the game. So Ryan right. Neal has to come in and play. But you can at least skate by with – Levante, Servassier, Dennis, and J.J. Russell, who I, I give all the credit to J.J. Russell yeah. for the effort that he, that he had in the game. He Seven tackles. Yeah. He had that, six, six solos. He had a sack in the game. We've seen games he, where Devin White only records three tackles. I know. And then uh, yeah. everyone else around him is, is cleaning up the mess. And you know what? Atlanta was – let's not let's not forget. Atlanta was able to move the ball against the Buccaneers. Oh, yeah. And Antoine Whitfield Jr., uh, you know, salvaged a lot of forced fumbles that, yeah. that the Bucs were able to recover. So maybe not having Devin for this next game against Atlanta when you know they're going to run the ball. And by the way, let's also yeah. remember that Bijan Robinson had one rushing attempt mm -hmm. in that last game uh, against the yeah. Bucs. They got to be ready to stop the run, and they weren't ready to stop the run against the Panthers. I think the Panthers – for whatever reason, got away from running the football. And that made a huge difference in this game because Bryce Young couldn't throw it. Credit to Carlton Davis for having a good game. Yeah. Bucks pass rush was a little more present than it has been uh, in recent weeks. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you get Levante David back, 
your chances of winning the game soar or skyrocket to a degree. Then I'm going to, I'm with you, Matt. If Devin white plays, I think that hurts the bucks chances of winning because I, I can show, we can do a whole hour of, of all of the clips that he has accumulated in every game this year, just this year of not being able to get off blocks of playing too soft yeah. uh, of, of lack of effort, lack of hustle. And so to me, if you remember, there was that clip where uh, he decided to uh, try to, to sack or, or tackle uh, Desmond Ritter when Anton Winfield was closing in fast. And, and maybe Ritter gets one or two yards on a scramble and then he runs out of bounds. But White just had a brain fart, left his man, who was Tyler Algier, wide open down the field. And Desmond Ritter just flicked it over his head for a 46-yard gain. I mean, Ryan Neal saved the touchdown in that play. So, uh, to me, J.J. Russell played better yesterday than Devin White has in most of the games. And that's saying something is J.J. Russell's been a practice squad player the last two years. Servassier Dennis, I thought, played better in Indianapolis than Devin White did. And, of course, if Levante David comes back, he's just simply a better linebacker, right? Than Devin White is so. Yeah. To me, I'm with you, Matt. I think if Devin White plays, it hurts the Bucks' chances. And interesting that Todd Bowles didn't mention his star favorite linebacker in the injury update. Yeah, he loves to uh, you know give Devin his flowers when he can. So uh, yeah, he's probably just hiding the fact that Devin's probably going to be out for uh, a little bit more. That might be something that we we got to yeah. ask about. Uh, well, one thing we're not hiding is the fact that in four minutes it's Monday. So yeah. win, or, win or lose, victory Monday or not, we do this thing called roll call. And so at 420, I'm going to be going on a bit of a rant. And you guys uh, can put up your name. Don't do it now. Don't do it now. Just wait, wait, wait. About three more minutes. And put up your location. And and Matt's going to uh, pick a couple of, of uh, locales from around Florida, around the country, and around the world. Because we love you, Peter, people. We yeah. want to recognize you. And we love uh, the people that tune into the live show. We understand that that uh, not everybody can and some people catch the the Peter report podcast in archive format and that's awesome we love you guys if you're watching on on the the delay but uh we also love when we have people that that can finally make a live show and they let us know too so if you are making a live show for the first time put that in in your location too and uh, i think that's just awesome um we we love the interactions you guys are great with the super chats last night i already see some great comments and questions yeah. today so um uh, we're, we're, uh, we, we, we'll, let's just plug tomorrow's show. Shall we, uh, we're going to be having the, the Bucks, uh, Falcons, not tomorrow's show, the Bucks Falcons preview show on Wednesday. So there you go. That's going to be four o'clock. This is going to be a big game and we're going to have some big analysis for you. And we're going to be breaking down the key matchups in this game, really kind of diving in depth Bucks Falcons, because this is the make or break game. If, if they lose this one, mm-hmm. In my opinion, Matt, I think that for those Traskaholics out there, they may get what they want. They it may be Trask time after this game. If they yes, lose. the uh, the conversation if the Bucks lose to the Falcons, which by the way they are technically only a game out of the wild card, but there are like four teams that are at six and six. So right. the Bucks losing again, like how many other teams, you know, are will fall as well. Because uh, the Eagles and the Cowboys are going to decide that first wild card, so everyone else is pretty much playing for the other yep. two. Um, so that would take them a game lower in that as well. But yeah, it very much feels like if the Bucks lose to the Falcons this Sunday, a lot of the conversation will start steering towards who the Bucks going to draft. Are they going to take yep. a quarterback first? Uh, obviously, Todd Bowles and his future with the Bucks. We've already been discussing that for the last couple right. of weeks. Uh, and that will only grow more and more. And that's when we'll probably do a little more research on, you know, who possibly um, could be the next head coach of the Buccaneers. But we got a minute before uh, roll call, but we got a super chat to get to. So thank you to David yeah. uh, Van Don Van Don for the 499 super chat. Thank you, David says, uh, Hey guys, love the pod. Y'all are the best. So would you guys rather get a guy like Kirk Cousins or draft Jordan Travis? By the way, first live pod. Awesome. David, thank you for joining Appreciate this live it. pod. We're so happy that you can join us at the moment. I think that's a really great question because I yeah. wonder if a veteran like Kirk Cousins would be more enticing to someone like Mike Evans if they want to bring Mike back 
working with someone that's established himself as a pretty good, solid quarterback in this league versus a rookie where he's a rookie and you could get a C.J. Stroud or you could get a Bryce Young situation. Uh, Very, very interesting storyline for sure. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I think that that, uh, it really is going to come down to the head coach, right? Who's going to be the head coach next year? Because they're going to make – the the call along with Jason Light. But right now, speaking of call, it is time for Roll Call. Where are you at, pewter people? Like we said, we love interacting with all of our fans. So if you're new to the show, we do this every single Monday. We're at 420. One of us goes on a rant about the Buccaneers. Today, Scott will be going on that rant. And in the meantime, if you guys want to drop your location where you are watching from, we'll pick a couple people and give them a, a personal shout out as well. But we just want to show how much we love the pewter people. And, uh, yeah, let's get it rolling, Scott. We'll start bringing these uh, names onto the screen. So the interesting thing is the Bucks are playing the Falcons this week. And it's a divisional opponent. So Mike Evans has gone against the Falcons uh, just about twice a year. There's probably been a year or two where he's missed a Falcons game, maybe with a hamstring injury or, or something to that effect. But, you know, for 10 years, he's been doing some serious damage. And the Falcons and the Panthers, and I think yesterday's game might have made Mike Evans more productive against the Panthers than the Falcons, but that could change on Sunday. But I'll just say this. The last time the Bucks played the Falcons, Antoine Winfield was just a one-man gang, just like he was yesterday against the Carolina Panthers, a one-man gang. Uh, whether it was the sack, whether it was the interception, whether it was leading the team with eight tackles, uh, Winfield was just everywhere for the Buccaneers, just as he has been throughout this entire season. And when you look at Mike Evans, he was doing it all for the Buccaneers on offense, just as he has been the entire season. When when I say everything, I mean everything. 162 yards. Consider that Baker Mayfield only threw for 202 yards. Mike had 162 of it. Consider that the Buccaneers only had 322 yards. Mike Evans actually had more than half of the entire Bucks offensive production. So Mike Evans has been the clear, easy, runaway winner on offense for the Buccaneers. Anton Winfield Jr. has been the clear, easy, runaway MVP on the defense. But here's the problem. The problem is, is you've got two superheroes, one on either side of the ball. That's not going to get you the NFC South title. And it's certainly not going to win you a playoff game. You're going to need some help and probably not some sidekicks. You're probably going to need some more superheroes because one guy, Winfield on defense, Evans on offense is not going to be enough to beat the Atlanta Falcons. Not that the Falcons are some juggernaut. And I know I'm throwing some superhero names at it. You like juggernaut, Uh, but they're going to need another guy or two to step up and and really um, take this division because the Falcons, as much as they've been giving it away this year and they've had the, the division lead a couple times, that um, th- needs to be taken away at this stage of the game because Arthur Smith is on the hot seat. This is kind of the, the, the make or break game for Atlanta too. And they have a chance to sweep the Buccaneers and really kind of bury the Buccaneers and then focus on beating the Saints down the stretch to win this game and uh, or I should say win the division. This year. So it's going to take somebody else. Rashad White, I don't know, maybe Chris Godwin, who has kind of been the invisible man, no catches yesterday. I know he's lost a step, folks, and it's it's kind of sad to see. But the Buccaneers are going to need somebody else to step up on offense. It can't just be Mike. And they're going to need somebody else to step up on defense. And it can't just be Antoine. So I'm curious as to see who it's going to be. Does Shaq Barrett have it in him one more time? to summon the old Shaq, the, the sack Shaq, and get after Desmond Ritter again? Is it going to be Yaya Diaby, who has, sorry, Yaya Diaby, <laughs> who has five sacks now on the season, second on the team behind Vita Vea? Is it going to be Vita Vea, who is due for a big game? Is it going to be Carlton Davis, who is um, playing? 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Better football over these last couple of games. Can we see Trey Palmer show up and get back into the end zone again? Can we see Rashad White have uh, another game where he goes over 100 yards? More importantly, Baker Mayfield has got to really be a difference maker, something that we've kind of nitpicked him for and really hasn't shown that ability to truly be a difference maker. But Matt, if there's a time and a place for Baker Mayfield to get back to being, I don't know, that quarterback that won on the road back in New Orleans, three touchdowns, 26 points in, in, the, in, in New Orleans, that's the type of performance they're going to need from Baker Mayfield or somebody else on offense to really step up and have a, have a game, not just Mike and not just Antoine on defense. You're going to need another, another superhero or two on both sides of the ball to, to get this NFC South lead rested away from Atlanta. Yeah, I'm with you because it's gotten to the point where like part of the recipe of winning is just automatically every single week. Antoine Winfield Jr. needs to step up on offense and Mike Evans needs to step up on defense. And I think we've seen a lot of times like the Buffalo game comes to mind where, you know, Mike was shut out for a a big portion of that game. And then Mike made the big play, but it was like the Bucs already fell behind. Too little too late. Because they couldn't get Mike involved. And to the the thing about um, (laughs) great comment for Shaggy. The thing about um, Antoine Winfield Jr. as well is he's had games where he's just been unreal. The Falcons game, he was fantastic early in the season. He was great. He was great yesterday, too. He's had other games where he hasn't hasn't been bad by any means. He just hasn't been Superman. And if he's not Superman, we've seen a lot of the difficult moments really, uh, really rear its ugly head for the Buccaneers defense. So it's almost like you're getting two superhuman performances from one guy on each side of the ball, which was fitting that Mike Evans was full Superman mode, getting that football (laughs) uh, over the pylon. Right. Um, So someone else needs to pick it up. You know, we've seen Rashad White from, yeah, there's the picture. We've seen Rashad White from time to time. Um, We've seen Kalijah Kansi from time to time. Yeah, absolutely. Kalijah Kansi, I think it's coming week in and week out, just the more that he gets playing time. Vita Bay has been that guy to a degree. Yaya, as you mentioned, obviously had a a pretty good game. So, yeah, they need – like, in a perfect world, you'd love for the Bucs offense. You finally get that third option, Uh, you know, whether it's Trey Palmer, whether it's – I mean, at this point, Chris Godwin showing up for a big game, like when he played against New Orleans or – you know, yeah. you, get, you get the crazy Kate Odd moment, but they, it's been too little. It hasn't right. been enough this season, and that's why this team is 5-7 and seven and they haven't showed up in a lot of games. But you guys, the pewter people, have showed up once again. Another great turnout for Roll Call. Um, we had a couple of first-time commenters and awesome. watching the live show. That was really awesome Love to it. see. And right now I'm going to give a shout-out to a couple people, both – uh international and outside of florida and then in the great state of florida as well so uh in no particular rhyme or reason to it let's get it started dp bucks 32 is watching live from odessa texas shout out texas everything bigger made it to the uh, college football playoff and you know mike evans is from texas as well uh we got mark lau from cape corral florida being a uh, floridian watching the show desmond Beatty from the northeast in meridian connecticut uh, Narav, another local watching right here in uh, Tampa, Florida. Black Crow, Volume 2, watching from Iowa. Probably a big-time Tristan Wirfs fan. Yeah. And then uh, a couple of international as well. We have uh, our friend Adam Davies from South Wales in the UK. And Jeremy Senecal watching from Cambodia. Uh, wow. I don't know where – I don't know how to pronounce Phnom Penh. I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. But no watching idea. from Cambodia is – so awesome to see. Appreciate your support, Jeremy. And uh, the last two, Joe Sway Ortiz from Toledo, Ohio. Shout out, Maction. And yep. uh, Tyson C. from 
North Central, North Dakota. So probably a uh, a Cody Mouk fan. So yeah, very cool. Appreciate awesome. all you guys. Sorry we didn't get to everyone uh, to give a personal shout out, but you never know when your name could be called for a roll call. So really yeah. appreciate you guys. So awesome that um, you could partake yeah. in roll call. And another thing I'd recommend partaking in is having a Celsius energy drink, which of course is the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. Check out all their great flavors. The Cosmic Vibe is one of their newest. I personally love the Arctic Vibe. Can't go wrong either with the sparkling lemon lime or the sparkling orange pomegranate or the strawberry lemonade. Great flavors. There's no sugar. There's no uh, post-energy drink crash or jitters that you may get with another product out there. So if you need to know where to find a Celsius, maybe you haven't had one before, but you've heard us talking about it. And you're like, huh, now I want to try it. Just go to the Celsius website. They got a store locator. You punch in your address into it, and it will tell you the closest geographical location where you could pick one up. It could be a Walmart, a 7-Eleven, maybe a health and fitness store, or it could be your bodega. Bodega. Ah, I, I liked it. I liked the little, uh, the little mix up there. Um, and once you keep going to your bodega and you know you love Celsius and you want more and you're like, huh, I want to buy this in bulk. The good news is you can buy it in bulk. Go over to Amazon, do the subscribe and save over at Amazon. And uh, I'd recommend getting the variety pack because variety is the spice of life. But you can order in bulk whatever flavors you want and have it sent to your residence whenever you want. You're in charge. You're the captain. It could be a week, month, quarterly, yearly. Whenever you want, just make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks. Make Celsius your number one pick. Celsius, the official energy drink of PeterReport.com. Scott, we have a couple of uh, more Super Chats to get to. Started rolling in right when a roll call was going on as well. So let's start with Mark Fisher. Thank you to Rev Fish for the $4.99 Super Chat who says, Scheme, questioning it, uh, versus runs up the middle. Is it more to Vea, Gaines, and Cansey or the linebackers to stop them? Uh, I know Neil did his best, but uh, did the defensive line give the holes? Uh, yes and no a little bit. Um, I, I just started to watch the All-22 um, within the last 30 minutes. I was finishing up the two-point conversion, which is new, and I'll put it in the chat here. So I, I really don't have a definitive answer. But listen, it's it's a gap-oriented scheme. Mm -hmm. So wherever that gap is that was exploited, sometimes you get a double team on a defensive tackle. He gets washed out of his gap. It's his responsibility. Then you have linebackers that have to kind of fill and, and uh, even though we have, they have a gap responsibility, now they've got to leave their gap responsibility, maybe get off a block and fill that hole. So um, I, I will say this. I know that, that Chuba Hubbard had over 100 yards rushing, averaged over four yards a carry, and the Panthers did a, a pretty credible job running. At the same time, this was J.J. Russell and Ryan yeah. Neal playing linebacker. So were there some mistakes at the linebacker level? I'm sure there were. At the same time, too, give the Panthers credit. Uh, they they came in with with a plan to not put the game on Bryce Young's shoulder and and make him the the sole responsible producer for every single yard out there, whether it was a scramble or whether it was uh, throwing the ball. And I thought the Bucks did a pretty good job of pressuring him as yeah. well as containing him. You didn't see those Bryce Young scrambles really hurt the Buccaneers. So they gave a little bit more in the ground game that you wanted to see. But some of those runs, I, I think, were due to having uh, a little bit of a, of a mishmash lineup there with Neil and, and Russell in there. Remember, J.J. Russell came in for Levante David. Okay, he was the mo backer. K.J. Britt was the middle linebacker. That's the guy that wears the green dot and makes the, the calls. Yeah. So that's what was supposed to happen in this game. Britt was supposed to be replacing Devin White. And you've got Levante's replacement, which is typically Shavasia Dennis. Uh, in a sense, being J.J. Russell. So all of a sudden, seven plays in, and now J.J. Russell has to have the headset. He's got to make all the calls, right? And he's the practice squad guy, not the guy that's yeah. been on the active roster three years like K.J. Brett. So uh, I'm sure there were there were some misalignment issues that were part of it as well. But the fact that they got out of this game with the win, um, that, you know, that, that was quite something because it was uh, – it, it was – Touch and go. Uh, yeah. I mean, as Todd Bowles said, if something were to happen to J.J. Russell, they're bringing a cornerback in playing yeah. next to uh, – probably he said a cornerback. My guess is probably Kayvon Merriweather would be yeah, would be the linebacker next to um, 
Ryan Neal. I mean, the Bucks were down to their fifth string inside linebacker and then had someone that doesn't play inside <laughs> linebacker playing inside linebacker because yeah. of it. And all all defenses have different schemes, yeah. but it doesn't really matter if it's a 3-4 or 4-3, whatever you're in. You still need your linebackers to make plays and, and, and be a big part of stopping yeah. the run. You're not going to have your defensive tackles making every single tackle in the backfield right. for a loss. And when you're Carolina and you know that they're down all of these guys, that gives you even more of a reason That's to right. double-team Nita yep. and double-team yep. Kalijah Cansey because you know it's not Levante David coming Great in. Great point, Matt. Running yep. back. It's, it's your fifth stringer and J.J. Russell. So you, know, you just made a fantastic point there because Thanks. the difference between Levante David and a J.J. Russell is Levante is going to be so quick to trigger, right, and mm-hmm. see the double-team, shoot the gap, and, and make a tackle for loss, right? That's the difference is Levante leads this team in tackles for loss. I think he's got around 9 or 10 this year, right? And so now you're looking at 2nd and 12 in a hypothetical situation, whereas J.J. Russell reads the play, not as quick to trigger, doesn't have the experience. Now all of a sudden he's making a tackle of of a gain of 2 or 3 yards for Chuba Hubbard, and it's like a five-yard swing, right? When you're talking about a Levante-David play and a J.J. Russell play. J.J. makes the tackle, but now it's 2nd and seven not second and 12. And that sets up a whole different call for the Panthers offense and a whole different call for the Todd Bowles defense. And that's where you see the difference between an experienced mm-hmm. guy like David, Matt, to your point, and a guy like J.J. Russell. Great point. Absolutely. And th- thank you again. And the last thing I would say is I'm surprised. Carolina ran some play action early on and were like a little successful with it. Yeah. I'm surprised that they didn't continue to go with it. I understand that they don't want to like overdo it with, with Bryce Young. But when you have, again, Fitz Stringer at linebacker, just another thing for them to think about and, yeah. and fool them on with play action, I probably would have would have gone for it a, a little bit more. But they I didn't, agree. and the Bucks won the game. A Shaggy with the $10 Super Chat. Appreciate you, Shaggy. As uh, they say, say we lose this game. Todd is let go. Who, should, who would get interim job? So we've had this discussion before. Yeah. Um, it probably would be Harold Goodwin because he's the assistant head coach at the moment. He's yeah. actually lobbied for a long time that he eventually wants to be a head coach in this right. league. He's trying to get as many head coaching interviews as he can. And I think part of the – not that he would be calling the plays, but part of the reason that he's not a head coach is that guys that are getting hired in those roles are usually play callers on the right. offense or defensive side of the football it's a little bit tougher when you're a, a positional coach versus yeah. actually calling plays and things That's of right. that nature. He's, I think- he's the run game coordinator, right? He's not the play caller. Yeah. But I think you're right, Matt. He, he, in this scenario, this hypothetical scenario, Harold Goodwin takes over as the uh, as the offensive, uh, or I should say as the head coach, right? The, um, the interim head coach. And um, I think the other guy that might get consideration would be Larry Foote. Yeah. the inside linebackers coach, and and he's the co-defensive coordinator. So the reason why those two guys would be maybe the options to go with is because Joe Gilbert is is an offensive line coach as well. So you have two offensive line coaches essentially in Goodwin and Gilbert. And at this stage of the game, Gilbert can kind of run the show if Harold has has to you know do some of his executive function capabilities as a yeah. coach. And the same thing with Larry Foote. I think if Bulls were to be let go, he's not going to be. I think they would let him right out the year. But if he was, Casey Rogers would take over as the defensive play caller because he's had that role before in New York with your your Jets, Matt. Yeah. And and then Foot, you know, he's got what like five guys in his room total, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it's not that much of a burden or or a taxing type of of thing from a time perspective to coach a smaller group, a smaller position group like inside linebackers and then be the the head coach as well. And in the preseason, let's remember that both Foote and Rodgers did call yes. plays uh, on defense. So there is a, a little bit of experience yep. for Larry Foote. Obviously, everything exactly. you said about the, the Jets. But uh, we got another super chat. Thank you to Joe's Way Ortiz from Toledo, Ohio, uh, as go. we learned before. Thank you for the 499 super chat who said, yesterday was probably Baker's worst game. Uh, which game do you think was his best, and do we now have enough data to gouge both his ceiling and his floor? This is an excellent question. Yeah, very good question. What is Baker Mayfield's best game this season? Off to, the top, 
to yeah, me, it's, it, I was going to say, to me, it's the Saints game, right? I mean, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, three red zone touchdowns, right? And, and this has been a, a challenge for the Bucks all year is, is performing in the red zone, getting touchdowns. All three of those touchdowns to Trey Palmer, to Kate Otten, and who had the other one? Was it Chris Godwin? Was that uh, in the touchdown? Saints game? Uh, Kate Otten. No, Trey Devin Tompkins, Palmer. right? Yeah, Devin, Tompkins had a touchdown. Yeah. Yes. Tompkins, Palmer, and Otten. So all those touchdowns came within the five-yard line, if I'm if I remember correctly. Yeah. So three touchdowns, the most by Baker Mayfield this year, and and then this the the high scoring game, 26 points, and as well as the the the, um, the red zone touchdowns. I think the other game you could you could certainly make uh, a case for would be what the Houston Texans game, right? 37 points. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, if you're t- if you're just looking at Baker and you don't look at the outcome of the game, right. then yeah, you could probably say the Texans game. He went two six. He had 265 yards, completed yeah. 21 of 30 passes, and had two touchdowns in the game. Um, the one against the Bears, he had his most passing yards of the game. But again, box score doesn't doesn't indicate everything. Right. That one, he went 26 of 34 had 317 passing yards and yep. one touchdown, which was the deep ball to Mike Evans. Um, again, stat-wise, but not watching the tape-wise. Right. Um, had 275 yards against the Falcons, but only one touchdown. But remember, the Bucs could not score uh, in the red zone enough, and he had that silly, silly interception in the red yep. zone as well, so that would eliminate it. That's right. I definitely I- agree. I think, I think all things considered – and including that the Bucs won the game, New Orleans has to be his best game of the season. Yeah, I would agree. And Desert Dog 2K uh, says add Minnesota. I think that game's an honorable mention just due to his no, but playmaking remember, ability there. Yes, but remember how bad the first half was for the Bucs yes. offense? Like they, barely, <laughs> they had like two yards in the first quarter and could barely do anything in that entire first half. I agree. It was gritty and gutsy and, and everything at the end, but that offense was complete. And granted, it was the first game of the season, but they were – so lost that in, yeah. in that first half. I don't think you could say it's his best game of the season. Yeah, I would agree. So, it, I mean, he's he's had some good games. The problem is the Buccaneers have not won enough because of Baker Mayfield. And that, to me, I stand by what I said uh, back uh, over a month ago, is, is that he's not a difference maker at quarterback. He's a facilitator. He can get the ball to, to the offensive playmakers. He's had a couple of rally moments, that Minnesota game, yes, the, the Texans game. The Bucs should have won that game, right? That that kind of would go into Baker's win column there if they pulled that out on, on the defensive side. That was really their fault for, for the collapse there. But by and large, you look at this entire season, and it just hasn't made enough plays to make you jump up and down and say, ooh, got to re-sign him, right? Yeah. Ooh, he's, gonna, he's the guy that's going to take us to the playoffs and beyond. And and uh, he's been good. I think he's he's shown he can be a starting quarterback in this league. But you know what? Derek Carr is a starting quarterback in this league too. Mm-hmm. I think he's better than Derek Carr. Yeah. But but uh, I think right now the New Orleans Saints are are finding out. Um, you know, kind of uh, having probably a little bit of buyer's remorse with Derek Carr because he has been hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. He's not been the difference maker either. Sometimes the best deals you you make as a general manager are the oh, ones that you actually don't make. Yeah. And, you know, there were some people out there saying, well, golly, man, the, the Texans, not the Texans, the, the Saints, they got Derek Carr and, and the Bucks didn't. So advantage New Orleans. Well, not really, not yet, at least. So we'll see how Carr's um, shoulder and back yeah. and head heal up and how quickly he can get back out there for New Orleans. All this talk about winning. Uh, is a good reminder that there's another way that you can win, and that's by playing over at mybookie.ag, especially with all these bowl games that are coming oh, up. We've obviously had a ton in. of fun. Yeah, you did. You oh. did cash in. A lot of bowl games coming up. Obviously, NFL still has a little over a month left of the season, and uh, all the other sports are are going on at the moment as well. And if you found a $100 bill on the ground, you wouldn't walk past it. So don't pass up a chance at easy cash with MyBookie. MyBookie has the biggest online selection of odds and contests to fill all of your sports betting needs anytime, anywhere. So you can turn that sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Bet on the NFL, college bowl games, like I just said, or play for a share of big cash prizes in the weekly blackjack tournaments. If you've been waiting for the right time to get in on the action, that time is now. Make your winning move today. 
Sign up at mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Pewter, that's P-E-W-T-E-R, and claim your deposit match redeemable up to $1,000. So that's all that money in your MyBookie account that's free cash in it. Even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that is a heck of a deal. So one more time, that's promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, to claim your bonus. Experience the thrill of sports betting right from the comfort of your own home. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie.ag. Also check out their uh, online casino. So if you want to play blackjack, different card games, some poker, the slots, all that good stuff, it's all over at mybookie. Yeah, just put in my two-point conversion in the chat there. I encourage you all to read that. Um, I, I think that it's it's got a little bit of maybe controversial statements from yours truly about Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. So check that out uh, after the pod in about 15 minutes here. Uh, but, Matt, as we as we roll on here, we have another Super Chat. We do. Thank you to Amazement717 for the $1.99 Super Chat, who says, Would firing bowls cost Canales too? New offensive coordinator? It would all really depend on who the Bucks hires the head coach. If they go with an offensive guy, which I would highly recommend as much as I like Dave Canales as a person, I think if they go with an offensive yeah. guy, he's going to want to implement his offense and, of course, bring in his own people or maybe be the head coach and the play caller where, yes, you still need an offensive coordinator, but the play calling is probably what's, what's most important. So, yeah, I mean, if they hire like Ben Johnson or something like that, I think – Dave Canales is probably out of Tampa. Uh, the one thing that the one idea, though, that you floated, Scott, was that if they were to hire Shane Waldron, who Dave Canales is, is very familiar yeah, with, with the Seahawks. With, yeah, from the Seahawks, very familiar with his system because it's a similar system that Dave Canales could stay as offensive coordinator. But, yeah, I would say odds are that if Todd Bowles gets fired, then uh, Dave Canales is probably no longer the offensive coordinator of the Bucks. Yeah, I agree. And it's, you know, it stinks sometimes because you only have one shot, right? It's just like your contract year. You have one year to really prove your worth to the team that uh, you're playing for as well as other teams out there. So uh, I think Dave Canales has done some good things this year. I think they're going to end up with a slightly better points per game um, average than they did last year with Tom Brady and Byron Leftwich, right? Which says something. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. I, I love Dave. I think he's done a, a good job. I think there is there's some um, big steps he's taken. I think he's gotten better as a play caller. We've seen some some ingenuity. I love the double reverse to Trey Palmer. Yeah, that picked up 13 yards. I love the end around in the red zone. The 19 yard touchdown run by Chris Godwin. Those are some some very good innovative play calls that uh, that that obviously worked and kept the Panthers on their toes. So uh, I don't know. JB says. What are your thoughts on Dan Quinn if Bowles is fired? I just think, and I, I think, Matt, we've talked about this before, they're going to go with an offensive-minded head coach. Yeah. You know, they've they've had now um, Tony Dungy. These are just Blazers hires. Tony Dungy, you've had Greg Schiano, Lovey Smith before uh, Greg, so Raheem Morris, uh, Lovey Smith, Greg Schiano, Todd Bowles. So you've had five defensive-minded head coaches. And they've had three offensive-minded head coaches, John Gruden, Dirk Cutter, and Bruce Arians. And, Matt, they won the Super Bowl with two offensive-minded head coaches. And they've also won it with two guys that were kind of loud, a little boisterous, um, emotional, high energy, and and held players accountable. And that's, of course, Arians and Gruden. And so I think the formula that the Lasers have kind of seen is that's the kind of guy that we've had the most success with. Let's see if we can tap into that type of coach again. So I, my guess is that that you're going to see an offensive minded head coach. I think Dan Quinn's a phenomenal coach. But yeah, if sometimes, you want to coach the Bucks defense as a defensive coordinator, right. I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that would be great. For sure, for sure. But it's just it's all about the right fit for the right team at the right time. And I think right now they're going to go with an offensive guy. Uh, you mentioned Chris Godwin uh, a second ago. I, I want to get to this answer from – Todd Bowles because Godwin he had the very important yeah. touchdown yesterday but he also had no catches in the game and so I asked Todd Bowles are, are you surprised that that Chris Godwin didn't uh didn't have a catch in the game and we'll play the video so you can get his response and then uh we can react to his answer uh, the first part of this question is about uh Baker and Mike Evans and then it, it gets to the Chris Godwin part passing game 
what, what's that been the result of, do you think, just as many 40-yard, 25-yard tech? Uh, Baker and Mike being on the same page, really Baker just reading the defense and seeing what they're giving him and take advantage of small things. He's a great film study guy. When he sees things, he can take advantage of them. Chris had a really important touchdown in the game. Chris got what I'm talking about. But how surprising was it that he didn't have any catches in the game at receiver? I just saw that. We were subbing him out a lot. Obviously, a little nicked up, so he's not totally 100%. Nobody is, but he's probably banged up more than most. Uh, for him to get the run for us was huge for him. I think it, was, it helped him out a lot. It helped us out a lot. So it was good to see him get in the end zone. Okay. Come on so, now, Todd. Yeah, so you could see from there, Bowles says that they were subbing Chris in, uh, in and out a lot. Chris Godwin had more snaps than any other wide receiver in the game. More than Mike Evans, who clearly had a, a, an insane game. Chris Godwin had 84% of the snaps. Uh, that was, again, like I said, the most among wide receivers so to say that they subbed him in and out yeah maybe he didn't play like 15 consecutive snaps but yeah. he, he played a fair amount where he could have had an impact on the game and this kind of just goes into the struggles of chris godwin this season that we've yeah. highlighted especially over the last couple of weeks no you're right and just, just put matt's snap count analysis in the chat so you can read that and get those statistics too it's a great story matt does every uh, recap uh every um um Monday after the game. So make sure you check that out. A um, couple of, of uh, other questions and comments here that were interesting. Um, uh, Noah Miranda says, is Ryan Neal going to get the $100 million contract Devin White was hoping for? Uh, no, he's not. Uh, but that's that's a funny remark for sure. Yeah. JJ Russell had more tackles than White has had in the last two games. Laugh out loud. That, that's, that's a fair point, Chris. And the thing is, is it's not sometimes about the the number of tackles right because uh, uh it's about how you play but if my memory serves jj russell i think was the third highest buccaneer by pro football focus i think he had a 77 grade on defense so i i guess i've not gotten to the all 22 yet but uh, when i when i watched it at first glance i'm thinking this 51 out there's not making a lot of mistakes that i can see so i thought that he had a really solid game and then um uh, south 30 319 I have a question. How many GMs in the NFL have made it to their fourth or fifth coach? That's a great point. Uh, J General Manager Jason Light has had an interesting road here in Tampa because he was actually hired by Lovey Smith, who was hired before the general manager was, was, was hired or inserted. So Lovey hired Jason in 2014. Jason fired Lovey in 2016 in the offseason and promoted Dirk Cutter. So Technically, for Jason Light, that's one hire in Dirk Cutter. When Dirk didn't pan out, then he hired Bruce Arians. That's technically his second hire. Then when Bruce Arians stepped aside, and Matt, you and I were there at the NFL owners meeting, all of a sudden Bruce Arians takes off, and then yeah. we learn a day later he was retiring. And, and then Todd Bowles was the hand-picked successor. Now, Jason Light signed off on that, but he also – uh, he also was was getting the approval from the Glaciers. They signed off on it as well. So that wasn't like a, we're going to go out and we're going to open up the search and get the committee going and, and all of this. So technically, Jason Light has worked with four head coaches, but only two have really been the ones that he has brought to the Glaciers and said, this should be the guy. Because Bruce Arians did that with Todd Bowles, not so much Jason Light. Yeah, very, uh, very, very circumstantial to yeah. to find yourself in a situation like that. Uh, but yeah, it makes it makes for an interesting story arc for yeah for Jason Light. We got a super chat from Scott Jacks. Thank you, Scott, for this dollar ninety nine super chat. Who says draft the quarterback and sign Baker to a two year twenty million dollar uh, bridge bridge contract. Yeah, so he's like the bridge guy. Yeah, yes, the, yeah. So um, yeah. Listen, I don't think that. The, the Bucks would be opposed to that. Now, Baker, though, probably doesn't want a situation where he's got a rookie quarterback breathing down his neck where he's going to have a short leash, right? I just don't think that he wants that scenario ideally. Now, that may be the only scenario that he ends up with in free agency, and I think what's going to suppress his market a little bit, Matt, uh, and anybody not named Kirk Cousins is going to be the fact that you could have as many as five quarterbacks, maybe six, in this yeah. year's first round. So you might have some some teams that say, I'm interested in you, Baker, but before I 
you know, dish out starter money to you. I want to see what's behind door number two in the draft and, and see which quarterback we land. And then maybe I'll circle back around after the draft and see if you're still around. So I think that might maybe suppress Baker's market a little bit. I think the best role for Baker is you got to try to find a team that already has a shaky quarterback situation. So yeah. you can go in there and either compete for the job right. over the summer or you're in there as the number two, but the team doesn't look that good at QB. So therefore, right. you know, Ryan Tannehill kind of had this a couple of seasons ago. That's right. Uh, and where he came back in and became the starter. If if they didn't have their other rookies and Tannehill was there, yeah, this year would have been a great year for Baker if he didn't get the Bucks. That's to, right. Uh, to like go in there. So I don't know exactly know what the answer would be uh, for all the other teams like for next season, but I think that would probably be best uh, for Baker. And if he doesn't find that, then say, all right, yeah, fine. I'll, I'll I'll at least be a starter for another season so I can kind of build that out, get some more tape, and kind of reconvene for the following season. That's right. When you're looking for a starter in real estate, there's only one name to turn to, and that is Eric Gross. Even though he played offensive line in in college, he can be your quarterback when it comes to finding the right home for you. Or perhaps you're looking to sell your home. Eric can handle the transaction on both ends. He can handle the sale as well as finding you your dream home. Let the Eric Gross group be your number one pick Right when it comes to real estate. Check out their website, housesandfla.com. That's housesandfla.com. Give Eric a call at 513-907-4271. He's a Tampa area native. He's a huge Tampa Bay fan. He's an avid Pewter Report reader. His father was stationed here at McDill Air Force Base. He knows this market. He knows the state of Florida. So whether it's it's you're looking to buy or sell a home, go to housesandfla.com. Check out the website. Great layout. You can check out their inventory. Visit them on Facebook or Instagram at Eric Gross Group. No matter where you are in your home ownership journey, you're going to feel welcome with the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor of Peter Report. And oh. Oh, I was going to say, and we also want you to make sure that you have your finances in order. And there's only one place to turn to for that. And that is Amuni Financial. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations, we're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. And if you want to move to, to Colorado, have Eric sell your house and get you a house there. And you can do that with all of the money that you've saved up for your retirement with Immuni Financial. That's right. Managing your family's wealth means more to Immuni Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage, and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and insurance services. With 40 years of experience, let Immuni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Do what I've done. I've got most of my financial uh, investments and resources with the Muni. I'm thrilled with with the uh, Muni. Several years in now that I've been a client. Give them a call at 1-800-868-6864. That's 1-800-868-6864. Ask for Mark, ask for David, and make sure you visit them on the web at immuni.com. By the way, speaking of Baker Mayfield, just want to give him a quick uh, congratulations to him yes. and his wife, Emily. It was just announced uh, a little bit earlier that yeah. Emily is pregnant. They will be having their uh, first child, a uh, a girl that is expected to be coming, I believe, in in April. So, congrats to the Mayfield That's awesome. family. Very much, uh, very very much excited about that. Um, uh, I, I know what it's like as uh, as as a a, uh, a girl dad. I've got two girls, Ellie and Jillian. So, there's nothing like it, and um, I'm I'm excited uh, as all get out for Baker to be a dad. He's going to be a great one. Yeah, yeah, very, very cool. Uh, speaking of great things, we're going to have a great show. This has been a great show. We're going to have another great show coming up on Wednesday when we preview Bucks versus Falcons. Once again, biggest game of the season for the Bucks. A lot riding on the line, essentially, their playoff hopes. I'm sure Bucks fans will be divided because some want the Bucks to keep winning and maybe get into the playoffs, and you never know what can happen at the playoffs. Others want the Bucs to just keep losing and tank so the Todd Bowles can get fired and they can get a better draft pick and just start moving on for the next season. So 
nonetheless, you guys will be very opinionated about it. And that's what we love about the Peter people. You always that's get right. great comments and questions and everything else in between. So we will preview uh, Bucks first Falcons on Wednesday's show at 4 p.m. And Shaggy has a great comment here saying hit that like button, hit yep. the thumbs up. Please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Of course, you could follow us on all of our social media at Peter Report on X Threads, Instagram, and Facebook. And our YouTube channel is Peter Report TV, uh, where we got the podcast, the Peter Game Day show, uh, various other shows. Um, all, all, all great stuff from uh, you know press conferences. We'll have stuff from from Todd Bowles today that'll be on our YouTube channel that we didn't put on the show, so it's a little more exclusive content that you guys can check out that hasn't been seen yet on uh, Peter Report TV. But uh, yeah, please like and subscribe. Leave a comment if you're watching the show not live and you're watching it later. Still feel free to comment where you are watching the yeah. show from. We'll make sure we like it and maybe leave a comment as well. Uh, but that's going to do it for us on today's show. For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll see you on Wednesday at 4 p.m. for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Out. Out. That's a V for victory.